0: Welcome back to Let Me Be Brief. I am your co-host, Andy Rieger, joined as always by my wonderful buddy, Matt Basinger. Today's episode is brought to you by M-Prize Bank, member FDIC, a bank who thinks a little differently. They call it... The m Way. I was supposed to say that with you. Uh, today's guest is Josh Levin of Empowered Electric, and as always, we are in the Let It Fly Media Studio. Josh, welcome to the show.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Gr-
2: greetings salutations. It's kind of in your title, but for the sake of getting it on record, what is Empowered Electric?
1: So Empowered Electric is a full service commercial electric company. We do some residential, but not a lot. So we kind of specialize in date night hotspots, restaurants, coffee shops, breweries. If you go on a date there, we probably wired it up. So it's what we do. Turn light bulbs on. So that's like, that's what you do. But what is Empowered Electric to you? Yeah. So Empowered Electric to me, it's funny. I I, I speak in such goofy ways, but I always say we want to shine the light on the people, places, and positive things in Kansas City. So oh, PPP, right? Um, and it's just fun. It's a fun way for us to step into the life and positive culture in Kansas City and, you know, create good spaces for people. So that's, that's what it is. And it's all through people, empowering people through electric opportunity. So, And yeah.
2: how long have you ex- – like, walk me through – just take me back in time. Let's, let's go in a time-traveling capsule of joy right now. How did you start it? Where do you come from? Like, I I don't know, I'm so, the little I know of you and times when I'm so impressed by, of course, the work that you do, the projects that you've done, but like why you do it and what that means to you and what your story is. So dive in.
1: Yeah, so for me, you know, six years ago, so 2015, I started Empowered Electric. And up until that point, I became an electrician. I was a project manager. I'd kind of climbed the corporate ladder and was really enjoying what I did and I, people had talked to me about entrepreneurship. I had seen Gary Vee, you know, I kind of heard those things, but I thought, High risk, high reward is just not for me. I'm making more money than I could ever dreamed possible. I have a beautiful wife, kids, our dream house. Why would I risk that?
0: Would you be able to describe
1: your wife as anything but beautiful? No, no, no. (laughs) She saved in my phone as beautiful Levin. And somehow iCloud, now anytime she texts somebody, it says, do you want to change your name to beautiful? So embarrassed her and pissed her (laughs) off, but I don't know how to fix it. So... But um, but no, so my life was great. So why would I risk that to just have flexible work hours and make more money? I, you know, it seemed to too lofty where i was like why why would i do that but for about five years i volunteered at a juvenile detention center talking to kids about their past not dictating their future Mm -hmm. you know giving them hope giving them belief Um, because i thought that's what they needed they needed to see an example of someone that had broke through systemic poverty and and a lot of things and so as i was mentoring these kids trying to give them hope when they would get out it was crazy they didn't need hope what they needed was opportunity Mm -hmm. and it was at a starbucks i was sitting there talking to a kid named josh and he said dude right now like just understand if i don't find a job i'm going to go back to running drugs like you know taking drugs and dropping them off on my way to school because we can't pay the bills and we're about to get evicted and when he said that literally my bl- my brain clicked that high risk high reward could be high risk high impact hmm. not just income and so what these kids needed was uh, hope and opportunity. So in 2015, I jumped out and started Empowered Electric. We always say that we're a for-profit company with a non-profit heartbeat that really wants to empower at-risk young adults to break the cycles of poverty, addiction, and self-defeat. And that doesn't mean that we just hire Juvie Hall kids. It doesn't mean that you know, we're a halfway house. We're a, a, a full-service commercial electric company that does great work, but we give a damn. And so that's kind of what has fueled us and kind of created this ex- insane
0: positive momentum. So let's talk about 2015. How? What was the, the time gap that you took off from working for – we don't need to name names, but yeah. I assume a working for a large electrical contractor in the metro area? Yeah. Is that fair to say? Yep. And then – starting your business. was Did you take like six months off? Did you take one month off? Did you start the business planning while you were still at the other company when you started? Were you a one-man shop at that moment? Sort of walk us through the initial phase and then we'll talk growth.
1: Yeah. So what's what's hard for that is like, I'm a prime example that you do not have to be very smart.
0: You can be very driven and
1: passionate. And No, you no, 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 see. no, no.
0: Matt's, <laughs> Matt, Matt, Matt's already illustrated that for all these guests on the show. Hey. So.
1: So. From that coffee shop meeting uh, with that kid named Josh to when I put in my, whenever I quit was two weeks. Um, so I had never thought about running a company. I had never like, I'd refused the idea. And when it mm-hmm. switched for me two weeks later, I quit my job. Now it was a funny caveat. Cause whenever I went to my wife and I said, Hey Bridget, I'm really thinking about starting this company. This is why she, her only thing she said, well, you would need a truck, right? And I said, yeah, I would need a truck. I was driving like a little Ford focus. And she's like, well, I'm not going to allow us to have two car payments. So we have to pay off the minivan." Um, so if you do that and buy me a barbecue grill, you can start the company.
0: she, wait, <laughs> wait, she wanted you to buy her a barbecue grill? Yeah. I need to meet yeah, be beautiful Bridget. I
1: do not cook at all. She grills. She yeah, does, every... does she have a Traeger? Uh, we, we have not got one of those yet. We got just a big Weber. We tried smoking meat. It was, it was hard. hard, man. It, it was is hard. hard. And she's so frugal, like she won't waste it. So even if it's terrible, we're eating it. Like, we're not throwing it away. She's
0: frugal. Does she offer life lessons that maybe I could uh, sign my wife up for her classes? <laughs> Stop. Yeah, she's, she's, Stop. she's I
1: love funny. you, honey. But no, so it was, it was just a great opportunity where it was like, hey, man, if we're going to do this, we're going to do this. And I jumped out and, you know, I did have a safety net. I had seven weeks paid vacation that I was able to cash out. I had some money in my 401k. But one thing that was really fun when I jumped out is... I just always question everything like I'm always like why right I'm, I've never grown up past six years old I guess and everyone told way. me when I started hey just realize you're gonna not make money for the first couple of years in business and I look at my wife who's a stay-at-home mom I look at my four kids my house I'm like I'm making money day one and literally since week one of Empowered Electric we have been I don't know if it's in the black or the red but we've had more money than we needed so it was like anybody that says like Just don't believe the lies or don't believe things just because people say them you know and they sound right so that was what we did so what was your first job with empowered electric i feel like you've you've done some research to know this my first job for empowered electric was painting water slides for the city of gardner kansas That's why I made money
2: day one. I heard that (laughs) water slides and electric are not like a great like dude. I'm just so I painted the outside
1: of the water slide, (laughs) not the inside. But seriously, there's it's still it's still painted yellow, red, and green. I
0: painted them. So yellow, red, and green aren't those electrical wire colors? They are. Yeah, they are. So did you just wrap these slides in electrical (laughs) wires? You're like, it's done. No, I wish. I wish. It was
1: funny, but it was just once again, you know, it's like whenever people build up that uh, perfect customer avatar, it's like the perfect customer is the one that wants to pay you. That's it. And so they wanted to pay pay me to paint water slides. I'm going to figure this out. So
2: Andy, you guys open in 14 or 15. Uh, we opened in fourteen, and you opened in fifteen. We opened in fifteen, so we've all been doing this for oh, wow. a comparable amount of time. Uh, what has been the biggest shift? It's crazy from, to think about how long that is when yeah. we like all reflect on our own businesses. Yeah, what's been the biggest shift for you over the course of the last you know six years from day one being all right? I'm an electrician who's going to paint water slides to now running a company. I mean, to talk to me about your company. How many employees do you have? Um, well,
0: let's well hang on. So, so part of that, I would no. say. Let's still start at like the 2015. When you started, did you have a building did you run it out of your garage did you have any employees at the beginning and then i think that what was the and what was the truck
2: that you finally bought yeah Yeah. so it
0: was a ford
1: f-150 um not the four-door it's like the ones that you open the doors this way and then you know Uh suicide doors or whatever it was we still own it it's still my business partner paul has tried to sell it a couple times and i won't let him there's just this reminiscent nostalgia to it but and we just heard about a business partner you're gonna have to throw that in there yeah so when the biggest difference between when i started and right now um did you ever watch band of brothers No? Okay, gosh darn it, I'm sorry, but uh, a knock on your man card, right? Or whatever, like, but I don't remember the guy's name, but there's this moment where the the guy was a soldier and he becomes the commander and then he goes from commander to general Mm -hmm. and they're fighting this major battle and he goes to run out there and, like, fight the battle with them and they pull him back and they're like your job is to lead into command your job is not to fight anymore so when i started it was i'm doing all the painting i'm doing all the collections i'm doing i'm doing everything i'm the cee you know chief executive of everything now my main focus is marketing and branding and sales and recruiting and sometimes i want to get in that phase where i want to turn light bulbs and screw in wire nuts and do all this stuff and it's like know what our company needs is me to lead. It doesn't need me to necessarily do if that makes sense. And that's very, very hard because I was I found a lot of pride in being an electrician. I was really good at it. Um, I felt like there was like a little bit of respect from shoulder to shoulder, you know, work. And so sometimes it is hard to just be a leader. Um, So that was that'd be the biggest difference. When
2: do you feel like that transition was made? And then dive back into any like, how did you get there? Because you started with you. And then yeah. there's some there's a partner story, and so. where
0: did you start? I mean, was it out of your garage yeah, to begin was. with? And then so, so it when was did out you of get that
1: truck building. So it was out of that truck. Um, yeah, that truck was a disaster. It was so messy. Um, but I drove around. and what once again, it's like, Trust yourself. Like I, if I could say anything to any entrepreneur, it's like trust your instincts. Now that doesn't mean throw out knowledge and wisdom, any kind of thing, but but deep down for some reason, I knew like, hey, I'm just gonna continue to grow our bank account. And every time I hit three months, like I would factor out like our total expenses, what it would cost me to hire another employee. Whenever I had that in the bank, I just hired an employee before mm-hmm. I needed them. Hired a journeyman, hired an apprentice, hired a journeyman, hired an apprentice. And before you knew it, before year one, we were up to about seven guys and I could just find the work for them and yeah. like no one had taught me that I just kind of did that and so we grew like that for about a year and a half two years to about 10 guys we were on pace to do a million dollars in our first full year of business okay. and I was just like holy crap this is hard right yeah. and I had a great relationship with my previous boss um, my direct supervisor who had gone to another company and one day it was the most humbling experience of my life because this guy had been my project manager for years. He had constantly taught me so much of what I knew. And we went out to a a barbecue place and he said, hey, when when we jumped out and you started Empowered Electric and I went to another company, I always in the back of my mind was wondering, are you the kind of leader I think you are? Mm. And he said, I know I'm an amazing boss. I know I can help scale companies. Tell me to put my two week notice in, let's partner up and grow this thing. And I was like, I mean, it was just such a humbling experience for for my boss to say, let's stand shoulder to shoulder and build this thing. Sure. And so, yeah, 50, 50 partners, uh, about year two and a half and have grown it at year six. We have 56 employees. We've done over $30 million in revenue. And, uh, the thing that pumps me up about that $30 million in revenue is about 90% of our people make more money now than they've ever made in their lives. Dang. So it's not money hitting my bank account. It's money hitting our bank account. If that makes sense. Yeah. So. You,
2: you guys have a beautiful space, right? Like what, as an as an electrician, right? And we're going to talk down upon, no, no, like what made you decide to invest in your space, to invest in a home for folks, to invest in like this this facility and, and really to use that as a launch point for what you continue to build here in the, the KC Metro?
1: Yeah. So one of the things that I always said is I wanted to change the face of construction mm-hmm. and not to talk down, sorry. that I was
2: jokingly talking down, for the record.
1: No, 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 no. I'm about to talk down. I'm about to talk down because if we're honest, when you think of construction, your, your first image is Bob the Builder. Can we build it? Yes, we can, right? But then some that's that's cute when they're three, four, and five. But when they're 10, 11, and 12, you never envision your kid growing up and being a roofer or a framer or a concrete guy. And why is that? It's because so much in our image is a high school dropout, alcoholic wife beater. I know that so well because that was my stepdad mm-hmm. who brought me to a roofing crew when I was eight, nine years old to pick up trash around the thing, er, yeah. around the, the house. So that was my image. and. And I think that's what a lot of America's image is. It shouldn't be, right? It should be passionate, good fathers, good wives, good whatever, you know, like good people that are wanting to see their communities literally built from the ground up. And so like we kind of recruited that from a people standpoint because we want to believe and empower people. Well, when it came to projects, it was so fun. So I'm working out of my truck. Paul partners (laughs) up with me and Paul's a little bit older than me. He's a little bit more old school. Not in a bad way, right? Trusty reliability. And I'm talking to him about working from coffee shops, doing interviews at breweries, like all this kind of stuff. And he's like, what in the hell are you talking about? He's like, <laughs> we need an office. We need somewhere to go. And I'm like, I'm like I don't want to spend money on dumb crap. Like, I, yeah. I don't want an office just to have an office. Well, we did the Rock Hill Grill at 2000 mm-hmm. Grand, became really good friends with the owners of that restaurant. And no joke, when Paul said that the same day, Brett... I should, probably shouldn't have said his name, He's tried, he tries to be confidential. But the fourth floor of the Rock Hill Grill, he was like, hey, would you guys ever wanna rent office space on the fourth floor of the Rock Hill Grill? And I was like, absolutely. So our first office went from my truck to the fourth floor of the Rock Hill Grill. And it's yeah. hard to have that view of Kansas City, to have that amazing, you know, we would have uh, company meetings on the second floor of the Rock Hill Grill. You can't go from that to just like an industrial complex. Sure. So when we built our first space, we hired MindMade, Shane Fowler. I don't know if you know him. Yep, we um, worked he designed, with Shane too. Yeah. He designed Monarch Coffee Shop. He's an awesome guy. And he kind of just created a space that really wanted to be inviting, really wanted to be cool. People wanted to... To come to. And where so is it? It's in North Kansas City by Chicken and Pickle. It's it. 110 East 13th Avenue. Yeah. yeah. Rocco Girl has
0: excellent uh, tater tots. They're filled with cheese. If anybody listening is looking for a good snack, make sure that you go get them. They're, they're life-changing. <laughs> they don't they're make sense. So,
1: you know what I mean? We just wanted to, you know, like you said, make fun easy. And I, I'm sure Rieger has like a really quick uh, one-liner. But it's like changing the face of construction. Oh, so good. Oh, oh so good. Oh. That's, yeah, it's oh so smooth, oh so tasty. <laughs> Hired. Um, well, it's just, oh yeah, I'm a big fan. That's why I'm here. It's just, yeah. I'm, I'm a fan of both of you guys and what you've built and just be, you know, what you guys have built, it's like, why can't that be in construction? And I think that's the other word to entrepreneurs is I listen to so many entrepreneurs be like, well, what I'm doing is just not that cool. What nobody wants to follow me on social media. And I'm like, we have 15,000 followers. We're a construction company. Like we're the most unsexy company you can be, you know, like use your unique perspective to show the world a different side of what you're doing.
2: I don't know, man. Have you ever thought about doing like a sexy construction calendar? Because I did, I did
1: think about that. That's risky, though. Would it be all you? <laughs> no, no, no. We got we have some handsome sons of guns for sure.
0: Uh, my my last question really is: How do you decide what jobs you guys want? Because you know, for the outsider listening in, there's really two ways of work. And correct me if I'm wrong. You know, you either bid with a general contractor or you get hired for a, a specific project by the building owner or something of that sort, where mm-hmm. it doesn't ju- generally need a general contractor in it. How do you guys decide on your project base in terms of the things that bring home the money and the things that bring home the marketing ability so what's that balance so i like? love that
1: you said that because i always say we have a business and we have a brand and mm-hmm. for our brand we do things like the rock hill grill corvino's ryan the plaza the new rieger patio we do the very awesome, I have cool have no idea what you're showcase. talking about. We do the things that showcase the beautiful, amazing side. But our business is we've got to make money to pay people's paychecks, right? So that they can put their kids in college and buy their 16 year old a car and all that kind of stuff. So we do warehouses and schools and medical centers and stuff that necessarily we might not share a lot about on social mm-hmm. media because you don't care. You don't want to go back to high school. You were trying to get out of high school. Um, so we have our business side where we just do profitable work and we have our brand side that we're, we really attack passion projects things that we really care about and so we we hold that tension of both and you know it can get lopsided but it's like that's how a teeter-totters fun right you do a lot of these and then you do a lot of these and so just kind of a give and take
0: i've just always felt in the construction industry is my last comment of this is i think there's not enough marketing for when companies do cool projects of really putting themselves out there and just saying we did this element of this place this place is awesome everybody loves it if you want the same type of work we're the people to call yeah and i just i just thought it was such a low-hanging fruit in the construction industry for so long that so many contractors whether subs or general they just they just skip it it's just every project is just a job nothing is marketing or brand building for them as a company. And I love hearing that you guys really consider yourself a brand as well. Yeah. Well, we haven't struggled that much in the marketing or in the
1: uh, recruiting tool because of that. Sure. So like when everybody's talking about a labor shortage and not being able to find really great people, like we have a lot of really great people come to us because of Instagram, because yeah. we showcase our projects and our people. And I remember when I started out, um, people were like, well, don't put you know, your your people's bios, don't put your LinkedIn connections because other companies will steal them. And that was a very key phrase. They said, other people will steal your people. And I said, hey, we don't own them. If they want to leave, by all means, leave. We want people that work here because they want to, not because they have to. And so when you kind of create that culture of transparency where you're like, I want this to be a win-win, not like a used car sleazy salesman, yeah. but I literally want this to better your life and better our company. It's amazing how many people we always say put their hands in the middle, not their hands out.
2: Mm. So. I love it. We're, we're gonna stop talking about business. Although half of this has not been talking about business anyway. One, thank you for building me up because all Andy does is tear me down and it makes me (laughs) sad sometimes. Two, no, turn his mic off. Uh, Two, uh, as a final question, I ask this every time. What's the coolest thing you've ever done? And I know that you have a gaggle of kids. You can't, like, the birth of kids doesn't count. Getting married doesn't count. What's the coolest thing that you've done, non-work related?
1: Okay, so there's two things. One of the coolest things. No, no, no,
0: only one. (sighs)
1: Well, then I have to say, being on this podcast. Wow. No, no. no, You have a sad life. No, listen, the reason I say that, no. So this morning I'm talking to Bridget um, and I say, you know, hey, I'm going to be on their podcast today. And she's like, what in the world is your life? She's like, you're just a construction (laughs) company. And like so many people are paying attention to it. She's like, this is so cool. Because like coming from a past that really focused on survival, that grew up on the welfare system, that didn't know what success could look like, to be able to kind of be a trailblazer and say, hey dude, the path out of poverty is very blue collar. You can get there. It's just so much fun. And to see like the cool kids of Kansas City even taking notice, it really says a lot yeah but you know what i and mean he's looking
2: around for those cool kids but yeah so Dash, no,
1: that's because so my wife said this was the coolest thing i love it Josh. thank you
2: for spending time with us thank you for referencing your wife more than any guest has that means that you love her dearly and i know that because i met her at cabela's once but uh <laughs> thanks thanks for being on the show uh wish you continued success with empowered electric
1: awesome thanks guys